Welcome to the Start Me Up podcast, part of the Demcast Network. I'm Kimberly Johnson, still quarantined in very gray DC. My returning guest today is Sherry Jacobus. I really enjoy talking to her. She's got so much to say, and she's always right. <laughs> so before we get into our conversation, and yes, we did talk about the Lincoln Project, uh, I always just, FYI, try to keep these intros short, under three minutes. So let's get it going. The Start Me Up podcast is an independent podcast supported by listeners. It's woman run. I don't have corporate backers. I soon will have advertisers. Stay tuned for that. So if you enjoy today's show, just please take a look at the About page. Check out some of my past guests. You'll see that I mostly interview political people, although occasionally I do interview actors. I used to be one. If you like the show, just consider becoming a patron for any dollar amount. You could start off at two or three bucks and always raise it up later. I do two free shows a week on Mondays and Wednesdays, and then I do two shows for patrons only right after them called What's Up With Me, Kimberly Johnson. And that's just me talking about whatever I feel like. Sometimes it's personal, sometimes it's political, but it's mostly personal. And then as we proceed, I know there's going to be conversations with Amanda Sowards and everyone likes her. Those are going to be for patrons only. Same thing with Steph Walton. She just got a job with Planned Parenthood. So we're not sure exactly what her schedule is going to be. But anyway, you can if, basically if you sign up for $4 or less, you, you're just supporting the show and you get delivered to your email box. You get both of my free shows. Then if you sign up for $5 or more, you get both of my What's Up shows. Now keep in mind, when I do have advertisers, I'm going to offer an intro and advertisement free show. So there will be a new tier set up for that. Just visit patreon.com slash start me up. You can make a one-time donation by checking out the text in the Patreon description. I always include my email. You can use that with PayPal. And you can find Start Me Up on iTunes, Stitcher, and wherever podcasts are found. Just stop by the iTunes app, Apple Podcast Store, become a subscriber. It's free. I would really appreciate it. And thank you to everyone who's done it. And while you're there, please give me a rating if you like the show and a good review. I appreciate everyone who's done it. Thank you so much. Now, please enjoy my conversation with Sherry Jacobus. Welcome back to the show, Sherry. Thanks for having me. Good to be here. How yeah, are you doing? It's been a while. I'm okay. I'm, I'm, I don't know. I think we're in some weird times right now. <laughs> you know, yeah, well, weird, but not as weird as to say a year ago. True. That's true. Yeah. And I definitely yeah. want to emphasize that. But, you know, and I, I've been I've kind of been like the Debbie Doom, you know, on, on my um, podcast with past guests. And people keep telling me, oh, well, you know, we've got this new administration and we shouldn't even, I think, I think it was Greg Oliar who said, I'm not going to start warring again until March. Well, here we are. So. Here we are. <laughs> yep. And, you know, I mean, I, I will say that I feel a little positive when it comes to COVID because my mother was having a really hard time. And I, I had read her, your tweet, because you were trying to get shots for your parents. And yeah. you said it was like the Hunger Games. And my mom's like, oh, that's exactly it. It, it was just <laughs> such a... Uh, it was like the Hunger Games. My 89-year-old <laughs> father and 86-year-old mother, they actually got um, uh, their schedules was, was to have it this last Saturday. And then they got a call saying, somebody messed up. We have to call 150 oh. people who schedule their shots for, for Saturday because we don't do it on Saturday. So they switched it and they did get them on Friday, their first, their first wow. dose. So it's, um, you know, they're in Maryland and mm -hmm. it's, it's very difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, and I don't know what the problem is in Maryland, but they're not doing a good job. No. Um, love Larry Hogan. In fact, he's an old, old 
friend of old boyfriend of mine. Really? Oh my God. <laughs> yeah, Whoa. Wow. And he's terrific. And I think he's just overall done a really uh, great job as a governor, you know, in a blue state. But for some reason on the COVID thing, yeah. um, getting the vaccinations were, you know, we, we've, we're, we're not doing so, so well. So no. I don't know when it'll be when I get mine. I, I can't wait. It's, I it's like waiting to graduate or, you know, <laughs> know. <laughs> get your driver's license. And it's like, I just want my shot. <laughs> well, you fortunately know? my mom finally, like, you know, she's got to have this her second hip, hip surgery and she was so upset because it's it's collapsed it's extremely painful and she wanted to get the shot before the surgery and didn't look like it was going to happen but interestingly both because I started panicking I was trying to get her an appointment she was trying to get an appointment and I just had the worst week last week both of us decided I don't know I think that I think it might have been on Wednesday night or or something like that maybe Thursday night okay just gonna let go and not going to be panicked. And, and I thought to myself, whatever, the best thing for my mom is going to happen will happen. And then the next day, she messaged me and said she got an appointment 10 minutes from her house. So I'm really grateful. She's clearly she, she's going to be 74 in March. So she's in 1C, category 1C. So she mm-hmm. did get a Moderna shot. And uh, hopefully it, the next one, I think, is on March 27th. So and then she'll have to go have her surgery. Well, so. there's even a Facebook. I actually got the hint on how to get it done from the, the Facebook group. I think 60 Minutes did a did a thing on them. And there was a Maryland face yes. group, a Facebook group about how to I I called this, about how to how to find out how to get your shots, all the secrets. Yeah. You know, like the Hunger Games. And uh, right. and so uh, I you know, we had been trying. I kept putting their names in over and over again and they were trying mm-hmm. and then I, I said go to my my chart I said if you do it after midnight mm-hmm. and my parent my their doctors were doing it for them too so my mother gets up very early in the morning at about 5 30 in the morning she logs in and there were all these spots open wow so uh, she was able to do first her then my father so they could do it on the same trip you know 45 minutes apart mm-hmm. uh but yeah so that was the helpful hint I got on mm. our super secret <laughs> Facebook, how to get your, how to, how to score your vaccines in Maryland. You know, what are the, what are the tips? So yeah. it, 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 it's not just like, Hey, you put your name in and it comes exactly. up, you know, it's, it's, it's not at all um, that easy. So no, I don't not. know if it's like that in, in other States, but in Maryland, it's been, yeah. it's been a challenge. Yeah. And I'm Maryland, Maryland. Va- Maryland vaccine hunters. That's, yeah, that's what it is. To join. Yeah. yeah I, I sent called. that to her too. And I know they, they gave some, um, some tips on, I think, CVS. And I kept going to Giant because Giant would like make you believe you were in line and show this little walking person. And then it, w- and then it would just go to, and it really pissed me off because it would, it would go to nothing. It would say all appointments are booked. And then eventually it would take you to this page where you could enter in a zip code. And then I, I entered in too many zip codes or, you know, too, too many times. And, because I would enter like five to get a, they only gave you a 10 mile radius and then they would lock you out like, like a oh. bank, like trying to get into like work your bank, class. like yes. someone's trying to break. Yeah. Well, you know, and, and, uh, where my parents are, other people can go, there's going to be certain locations at certain supermarkets and, and drugstores or whatever. But if you're over that age, if you're in that age group that they are, you have to go to the medical center. Mm-hmm. So there are different rules and limitations. So I don't know what, what they'll, do for me i've heard people my age and younger uh going to places towards the end of the day and i mean it's like what do you hang outside the alley and and, and see if they have spares for the day that that don't make their i mean we've we've heard of this um so i don't even know how to score one of those in in my area so 
Fingers crossed that yeah, fingers uh, this crossed. all get taken care of. At least there are vaccines and new ones being mm-hmm. created constantly. And uh, we're in such a different place than we were yes. a year ago. Oh, my God. It's so much different. I know uh, Kamala Harris had tweeted something out about all the new vaccines that are coming out, how many that are happening per day. And I think, and I'm not sure about this, but Biden might have said something about, at least with my age group, uh, by April or May, and I'm, I'm, I'm 52, will be 53 in July. So I don't know, we'll see. Hopefully, I hope that goes down. And then, of course, because there's the variant thing, and I'm hoping that once you're vaccinated, that if, you know, if the variant is spreading even more, that at least the vaccine would help or give you some kind of extra protection, even if it doesn't fully protect you. And then I saw they're also talking about six month boosters. So yes, there are boosters. If if they're saying get the first vaccine Mm -hmm. that becomes available to you, even if it's not the one that you've read is the, 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 the strongest or the most yeah. reliable get something there yes. will be boosters later and also maybe for the, uh, those of us in the age group that didn't come first right um by the time we get it if it's summer uh maybe there'll be even something yes. better or they'll know new new tricks uh, you know and for most of us though i don't i don't i know i'm not going to automatically go back to regular life and may not yeah. for for a very long time i will always wear my mask mm-hmm. i might switch from my n95s to the little thin blue ones mm-hmm. Um, and I will do outdoor dining mm-hmm. with friends, mm-hmm. uh, but I'm still gonna. It's still gonna be very low, low yeah. key for me, and for a very, very long time. Mm-hmm. I do not look at this as all of a sudden life goes back to normal. Yeah, um, that's uh, unfortunate. And there's it a lot just of eases up a little bit. It does. It does. And I mean, it makes it so that you can see your friends and family, especially those who have been vaccinated. But it, yeah, this has just been really terrifying. And you know what? I I do want to I want to talk to you without a doubt about the Lincoln Project. But before okay. before we get there, I I kind of want to ask you because you were a Republican, and even though you were you were very centrist and middle of the road, clearly a sane Republican, a a sane conservative. Um, The GOP right now is just, I can't even believe it. And, you know, I mean, I've always been a liberal Democrat, even when I wasn't political, you know, I mean, just Mm -hmm. by the the way that I viewed life. I I grew up in Los Angeles. My mother is a a Democrat and um, we're both pretty progressive, understanding that we share a country with conservative people and we have to be realistic. But at the same time, th- this is just off the charts. And obviously this week, okay, well, let me just start. I think I was, I had posted, I think it was on Thursday. I just, I wrote, Republicans are Nazis. And, <laughs> and, and, I, and, and I know it's like, I didn't mean it as hyperbole. I, I, I genuinely meant it because of their behavior. Yeah. And, you know, I co- I'm, most people agreed with me. Uh, a couple of people tried to shame me and they were tagging like Raskin and Schumer. I don't know. Like, what, what are they going to do about me? But I, I at the end of the day, I decided, OK, I'm going to take that tweet down. Um, but then the next day we see that the CPAC, the CPAC stage is shaped in like a, a, a Nazi symbol. Yeah. And of course they're all denying it because that's what you do. That's what they do. They gaslight us all the time. And, and I feel like obviously nobody is behaving like Hitler's Nazis sending people to concentration camps. That's not happening. But my concern is, you know, and and I'm not even saying that would happen. I'm just, it's just kind of a state of mind as in white supremacy. And we saw what they did when Trump was president right now, obviously Democrats have the power, but this party is, if they get into power and there's no check, 
uh, I fear that they will be just as bad. Again, it won't be concentration camps per se, but it, it, it'll be very dangerous. And, I, you know, I mean, I'm just wondering what you feel as somebody who used to be in that party looking at it now, because when I see you on Twitter and when I've talked to you before, you, you know, you may not be the most progressive person, but you seem very liberal minded to me. And I, I kind of see it like an, a small L. Yeah. Uh, well, first of all, uh, the party now is different than when I first joined it. Uh, mm-hmm. My father said, well, Republicans were Bob Michael Howard Baker Republicans. Now that's about as moderate as you can get. Mm-hmm. Uh, things did change as Newt Gingrich came into power. Uh, and then it got a little bit scary in some areas. So I always had certain problems with the party mm-hmm. um, and they knew it. I was called a rhino all the time. I always had severe problems with the fact that it was just an all white man party. All, mm-hmm. And they treated you as such. And we were, I was treated like crap by the men. And um, had my own situations, and and I tried changing it from the inside um, for a very long time. Uh, so I, you know, the party changed a lot just mm-hmm. over the course of the decades that I was a part of it, you know, on Capitol Hill in campaigns. Uh, but uh, what I see now is is alarming. Mm-hmm. The same Republicans have left. And what you have now are these are the crazies, mm-hmm. uh, the people who stormed the Capitol, the people who wanted to hang Mike Pence, the people who uh, are Nazis. And I don't think it's hyperbole. Uh, the problem is that the media isn't reporting it. The minute that right. symbol was showed up at at CPAC and uh, they should have been reporting on mm-hmm. it, they should have been reporting on it every time it showed up anywhere related to the current Republican Party, the Trump Republican Party. And the media won't do that. Mm -hmm. The media, you know, it was Richard Nixon who started calling the media the media instead of the press Mm -hmm. for a reason. Hmm. Um, They care about eyeballs and clicks. And it's not there's there's very little reporting. Uh, Reporters don't have the luxury or the ability or the permission to do true investigative reporting. So it's it's almost non-existent. Uh, So I blame the media for a lot. Mm -hmm. Uh, The media has made and, and, you know, the the media has made people um, have a skewed impression of what news is and what's important and what we should be paying attention to. The fact that uh, the CPAC got the coverage it had and that Trump's speech got the coverage it's had um, is a travesty. Mm -hmm. And we are reminded of 2015, 2016 and how we got Trump with the media just being so greedy for clicks and for ratings. Um, The media has shown that they are immoral mm-hmm. and they are the media they are not it's not journalism I've, i have a journalism degree and i've worked <laughs> with the press for for decades so yeah. this is we when when you don't have real journalism um you get what we have now which is lots of rubbernecking yeah um and i and that's what that is something that helps um this current trump gop and help get it to this point because it rewards behavior that is bad for society, that is abhorrent, uh, that doesn't have any place in America. Mm-hmm. And we see this over and over and over again. And I'm not even talking about just Fox News. We see it everywhere mm-hmm. now. We see it in the people they choose to highlight um, as, as, as pundits, yeah. political pundits. Uh, it's just like, are they friends of friends? And then they're afraid to report on them when something goes bad. Mm-hmm. What do the, you look at resumes? I see people that are political analysts who have barely ever had a political job in their lives, but they started their career, you know, dating the right person. Right. Um, and especially with women, you know, the whole Fox thing, it was based on appearance and that has bled over into other of the cable nets because mm-hmm. those women kind of move around. Um, but people are not looking at the actual work experience and what has this person done? Why Mm -hmm. are they considered an expert? 
Uh, it's less so with actual political journalists because their careers are pretty well established. Mm-hmm. You know, we know that they've been, you know, they've actually been out there on the road covering campaigns or covering White Houses and that sort of thing. But um, there's a lot who haven't. Mm-hmm. So we've sort of dumbed down the entire system. And I think that our politics is following the media, frankly, in that regard. Yeah, that's really a good way to put it. And so where do you see, okay, let, let's let talk about Donald Trump and his supposed run for 24. Now, okay, there's a couple of different aspects. Number one, there is the fact that he had COVID. Really, it was a pretty bad case. And yeah. I guess they were saying that media hadn't reported on it uh, or, or told us about it. But I, I think we knew. Supposedly, he was he was being considered for a ventilator, but he obviously was drugged up so much that he didn't need one. But he was gasping for breath. We saw when he was walking up the stairs coming back from the hospital. And so he was pretty sick. And we don't know what long-term effects this COVID will have on him. That's something that is just a big question mark and up in the air. Then we have all of these investigations exactly. that, that are going to, you know, I don't know how it's going to fall out. And then there's also... The Dominion thing, because I've heard or I've seen people on Twitter talking about first they want to like, you know, talk to, say, Rudy Giuliani and then see what comes out in the discovery. So maybe then they'll go after Trump. Then there's also the idea, I think, that right now there's this momentum. I don't know if it's going to sustain for the next four years, but then if, if it, you know, like, do you like where do you see the party going? There's talk of splits and Joe Walsh says there's no civil war. It's Trump's party. And because I guess yeah. media is saying there's a civil war and there's like, I don't know, there's like three of them. There's Romney and Murkowski and maybe Collins and a few others. And then what? The rest of them are like go- going with the Q crowd. So well, you you, you're going? asking like seven or eight questions here. So. I know, you know. Well, I'm just I'm just like putting it all out that like, well, where can, is oh, it I going? Can, I can, let me let me try to address uh, all of them. Uh, there is an effort for um, a, a new party uh-huh. underway. Um, and it is an, a large group of I'm going to say about 150 uh, former Republicans or, you know, current Republicans who voted, you know, for, for Biden, you know, people of, of all different stripes in that regard. But that's the one thing they have in common is that they're never Trump and they want to make mm-hmm. sure that Trump and Trumpism dies. Uh, so there's a couple of issues with that. First of all, um, there are some opportunists in the group, people mm-hmm. who were <laughs> against Trump and then for Trump and worked for him and then against him again, you know, putting their finger in the air to see which way the wind blows mm-hmm. and where their best deals are and becoming little media stars. So it, there's that. Then there are people who might not agree on issues, but they agree in certain principles. That's the good thing. That's something that can happen. I can tell you there's almost no women in this group. So yeah. uh, that is something that I start thinking, okay, they don't want to build a new Republican Party. They just want the old Republican Party back pre-Trump, which isn't good enough. And I don't think – I think that, that the useful strategy for them would be, yes, they can split. They can peel off Trump voters uh, and keep Trump and Trumpism from succeeding, but um, – There'll never be a never be a governing party, and some in that group understand that. They understand that mm-hmm. they can run for office, but they're never they're not going to win. It'll be it'll take years before the party that new party can take off. Uh, so, but the problem with this too is that for those of us who worked our butts off electing uh, Joe Biden and Kamala Harris and making sure that Trump was gone, uh, and electing and you know it, working to elect Democrats in the House and Senate, you don't. Um, um, you don't, we're not just going to suddenly go, oh, well, here's this Republican-ish party um, that looks a lot like the 
party pre-Trump, only more moderate. So we're going to go there. Um, I think a lot of us look at them as, but it's you guys who, whatever, for whatever reason, you let this happen. You let them in. Mm -hmm. And I see it with this group. They let anybody in. And sometimes, you know, you do have to have some kind of quality control in your upper ranks. Uh, You want everybody to vote for you. So, so that's, that's my feeling on, on, on the, the, party effort it's worthwhile to split voters off from trump Mm -hmm. but um in terms of really thinking you're going to be a governing party that's not going to happen for a long time Hmm. um so there's that Hmm. with regard to trump and trumpism as you mentioned all of these investigations um too bad that the media isn't just pounding away on those educating people uh by really explaining what they all are what's happening uh and how this is going to go down because as you know you've been on social media and that some people really just aren't aware mm-hmm. and they get things they they get uh, you know the the southern district of new york mixed up with uh you know tish james who's the state ag it's just new york ag it's just so they they don't know mm-hmm. um they think they know and they're hopeful and that means that they're hungry for the information mm-hmm. but i don't know is that just not something that um cnn wants to cover on a daily and night, nightly basis when you can talk about trump and the golden calf whatever mm-hmm. that his golden statue at cpac mm-hmm. So, it, again, it, it always goes back to the media. They have an yeah. obligation to keep people informed on this, and they're not. Yeah. Because here's the thing. When you educate people when they can see it, Trump's numbers go down. But right. they weren't being educated. But what happened after the Capitol insurrection, our domestic, our Trump domestic terrorists, which didn't have to report on because we saw it in real yeah. time. Everybody knew what this was. Um, it wasn't that confusing. It wasn't that hard to explain. When Trump left office, as a result of that, his mouthing off about, oh, this was stolen from me, even though there was no fraud, there was no evidence. He, he lost in 60 you know, courtrooms, run at 60 judges. So people knew that. And he, while he may have gotten 74 million votes, when he left office, he left by one poll with a 29% approval rating. <laughs> so when people say, oh, but it was 74 million people, it's like, no, 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 no. <laughs> and in the CPAC, CPAC straw poll, he only got 55%. Right. So stop acting like there's this huge movement that's going to be successful. We know that truth actually helps when the truth mm-hmm. about Trump yeah. and his family and his allies is out there. Then it then it goes, and you have to educate people in a non-in-your-face way. Mm-hmm. Uh, persuadable voters were persuaded when they saw the truth, mm-hmm. um, and there's a way to do that and a way to not. And we have a lot of armchair political consultants out there that that are convinced that you have to do it one way, and that's also dangerous because it means what I'm I'm concerned that in 2022 in the midterms mm-hmm. we're going to have some pretty crappy race is being run because people think that, oh, this is the way to do it now. Just, you know, take right. out the Uzi and start firing. Right. Oh, my God. So so you're not convinced then because you said it earlier that they're not going to be governing. I mean, of course, my biggest fear is that, number one, Democrats don't really show up to midterms. They did in 2018 because they, I, I believe, Trump inspired them to do that, motivated them to do that. And I think that there's enough I think there's enough right now to possibly motivate those Democratic voters because they, you know, they they understood what we were up against before and they're still kind of paying attention. Then we're also up against the media. But are do you, so you're what do you think? Like, what do you see happening in the next two to four years with the Republican Party in terms of gaining more power? Um, wh- where are they going to go? Because, I mean, I all I can see 
is what's scaring me at the moment. <laughs> and yeah. so I can't well, see outside well, of 20, that. What happens in two years is very different or a year and a half is very different than, than uh, four years mm-hmm. from now. Mm-hmm. Um, and a lot of what happens in four years from now is dependent on what happens in the next um, year and a half, yeah. next two years. Right. Uh, so the new effort needs to dig in and, um, you know, make sure because, you know, we got Trump out there primarying uh, Republicans mm-hmm. who he wants to primary Republicans who voted for impeachment. So you have to understand that you're not going to go in there and it's not going to be a clean sweep. You literally have to fight for each one of those seats and raise mm-hmm. the money and go in there surgically and fight like hell in each one of those congressional seats or Senate races um, where Trump and Trumpism can play. Mm-hmm. And um, I don't know if the structure is in place to do that because you don't get national attention that way. It's not as fun, but that's where the hard work is. You know, yeah. people doing the hard work on the ground are people like Stacey Abrams mm-hmm. and people like Mark Elias. Yes, you know, and this is the stuff that matters. It's surgical, um, and uh, you know, and and that's what it's going to take. So I think that there this this movement um, of a a, a GOP ish party that's more moderate. Um, can can do a lot of good things, but they're not going to be a governing party, um, not for a long time, I don't think. Now, if they have tremendous success and people just get sick of the Trump stuff because of the investigations, mm-hmm. but that's what it's going to take. It's going to take a, some slicing and dicing, knowing when to go in and make a move uh, when these troubles come up and giving the, the same Republicans or the people who – we're going to vote for, you know, there are people who are like, you know, I'm a Republican. I vote for the Republican no matter what. Even if it's Trump, I hold my nose and I do it. Giving those people a place to go mm-hmm. might seem like you only get a few votes. But it's, you've heard me say this before. Close elections are won or lost in the yeah. margins. Yeah. And that's where the margins are. Right. Uh, yeah. I mean, that's and that's what I'm hoping. I'm hoping that's what what happens. And then that kind of brings us and you already kind of touched on the LP. Uh, the Lincoln Project, which if I call them the Lincoln Party, please correct me because I always do. And I don't know why. <laughs> they're, they're not the Lincoln Party. I know they're not, <laughs> but they're just, it just comes out of yeah. my mouth. Um, so you were very vocal. And I mean, I have to say, I never liked George Conway, no matter what happened. I took I was I was thinking like I didn't know at the time back in the you know election season if that the Lincoln project was going to be successful, if they were going to have enough, I mean, I would assume there might be some on the fencers that might've been swayed by their ads. But at the same time, you have said they, there, there's no proof that they changed anybody's minds. Um, but I looked at it like this, like, okay, if they put out something that I think is good information, I will share it. I never trusted. I, I didn't like Rick Wilson at all. Um, Steve Schmidt, eh, and, but, but George Conway is, I, I, I never trusted him at all, especially because some of the, which I want you to talk about specifically with him, some of the connections he had with these judges like Kavanaugh and Amy, Amy Coney mm-hmm. Barrett. Um, so I'm just going to let you go because you have all yeah. kinds of information on well, that. Like I've known these guys and I used to be, you know, good friends and allies with Rick Wilson. In fact, long before these guys were well known and long before Trump. So I, I go way back. Uh, so, and I've been in the business for a long time and I've taught it at the master's level and I've run campaigns at a time when women weren't doing it, but I didn't get the memo. And I've been a party mm-hmm. spokesperson. I worked in the leadership where during the contract with America, you know, I was a senior staffer for, for leadership and one of the committees. So um, I was in Newt's office on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. 
um, before it all got too crazy. As, and so I, I do have a history and I know what I'm talking about. Mm-hmm. And um, having written ads myself and placed them and hired people like this, I would say some of them are the guys you hire, but you don't put them in charge. Mm-hmm. And these are people that you might hire them for a specific role and then you got to hold them back, mm-hmm. you know. Um, but you don't just give them carte blanche and, and write checks to them. So when I what I noticed was, first of all, um, I problem with the fact that George was part of it. And I think that he needed the credibility, the street cred that these guys gave him with the never Trump crowd, because mm-hmm. uh, he had known Trump, lived in one of his buildings, knew him. Hmm. But when Trump ran, uh, he and Kellyanne, as you remember, opposed Trump yes. and they supported Cruz because yes. that's where the Mercer money was. And the Conways are very, you know, Kellyanne very close to the Mercer's. Uh, but then when, you know, then they switched and started supporting Trump and George was all in. He was advising Trump. He flew to in on the, the, the Trump plane when they all came to D.C. And um, he was up for the job of Trump's solicitor general. Hmm. And then he didn't get it, but it became public that he was in the top three. Mm-hmm. So to have it be public that you're up for a job and didn't get it can be embarrassing. So now he's up for another job at, at uh, DOJ. And his name gets leaked. And so he pulled his name out because it would be very embarrassing to not get a second job. So I think he was then playing the long game. He's all about the courts. As we know, he and Kellyanne have given lots of money to Leonard Leo, um, who's the big founder of the Federalist. um, He's now heading a group, um, a PR group, an arm of CRC, which purchased Kellyanne's polling company when she went to work at the White House. Yes. So there's all it's all very incestuous. Mm -hmm. And, of course, George founded his Federalist Society, a chapter at his, in college. Uh, he's all in. These people are they're all part of Opus Dei. They give a, a lot. He's just – George has been in it from the beginning. He's all, He knows Kavanaugh. He's dealt with McGahn. They're all very close. And George suddenly, after decades of obscurity, uh, strategic obscurity, suddenly steps into the limelight as never Trump and um, – asked to be a part of the never the secret never trump meetings and they let him in without asking questions that's what i mean they just let him in. <laughs> and pretty soon he's like you know leading in he's known for this and i instantly knew something was wrong that he had something up his sleeve and it turns out it was just weeks before justice kavanaugh announced his retirement hmm. and george's good pal brett kavanaugh um was was nominated and uh, and confirmed so um he was able in in that never trump group which i had then left um, no fewer than three prominent never Trumpers in that group then wrote their columns in favor of Kavanaugh. And I think that was a direct result of George wow. and George. Well, carefully, he gave key defenses of Kavanaugh at particular points in time uh, when they were doing the one week investigation mm-hmm. on the 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 allegations. Um, um, they uh, uh, during that time, they were bringing up other situations, other accusations against Kavanaugh. And George would tweet something like, well, you know, in a rape case and trial, and he, he gave some point. And I'm thinking, okay, why are you equating this with a mm-hmm. rape trial? You know, just the fact that this many questions means yeah. get a different nominee. It's not like if <laughs> Kavanaugh is not the nom- is not confirmed as Supreme Court justice, he's, he's going to spend the rest of his life in prison or 20 right. years in prison. It just means we can do better. Yeah. And George knows that. So he was putting out key defenses or saying, well, this wouldn't stand up or they would need higher – burden in 
a rape trial. It's like, yeah, well, rape trial was going to last longer than a week. So he knew what he was doing, right. and he was sort of manipulating it along those lines. Uh, also, when he launched Lincoln Project with these guys, uh, the whole brothers in arms thing is an all guys thing. So I'm thinking, okay, yeah, mm-hmm. that that's just they're just GOP guys doing their thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but I knew that that was all for an agenda, and they had Jennifer Horn in there, who no one knew and never heard about, mm-hmm. and they just needed her for cover, mm-hmm. as we later found out. You know, they were paying her with nothing. And uh, when they, st- but I'm thinking, okay, but this is still an effort. I just knew that George had a different agenda and he wasn't, he wasn't taking any money. So he needed them for cover, for mm-hmm. credibility, for his longer term goals. And um, his celebrity or maybe fundraising, I don't know, he, he gave them cover for, for what, for whatever. Mm-hmm. So they were doing these great ads, uh, cheaply uh, made uh, digital ads, which means you're not spending money on a right. camera crew and going out. So um, there's a difference with that. Um, very clever ads, and they're running them on Twitter to raise money. Um, then I noticed last summer, before the first financials came out, which confirmed my suspicions, but I noticed that when they were announcing, when they put an ad on uh, about against somebody, a uh, senator, whatever, and then they weren't saying where it was running. Mm-hmm. Or what the buy was. And reporters by this time were a little too cozy with these guys, mm-hmm. which is a real dangerous thing because they weren't asking them. Right. Okay, Malia, I've been in politics a long time. That is just not done. Mm-hmm. Now, Bill Crystal groups, Bill Crystal's group, you know, Evan McMullen's group, they were they would say we're doing this ad, here's mm-hmm. our buy, here, you know, mm-hmm. and, and and you would know what they were doing. And I knew that these were digital only ads because they were too long for TV. And I also know that um, hard negative ads do not work on persuadable voters, it yeah. turns them off. So I thought, okay, so they're ginning up things to get some money, mm-hmm. all right, that's <laughs> what this is doing. Well, then they kept doing that and kept doing that and the financials came out and showed that incredible huge amounts of money were going um, directly into their their companies and you know, we know you know Rick Wilson's mm-hmm. being paid probably through Reed Galen's company, so no one really, and I thought, okay, this is bullshit. And um, I knew it, I knew it was all along. And mm-hmm. at that point I knew it was, it was nothing but a grift. And then it was, I was proven right. <laughs> now they have like a cult following. I also suspect that they have their own bot and troll farm mm-hmm, because mm-hmm. when there was this like cult-like defense of them. Yes. But also they were so tight with say MSNBC that MSNBC has not reported mm-hmm. on the problems with the Lincoln project, which mm-hmm. is, I don't think CNN has either, which is a real problem. So a lot of their um, cult following isn't aware mm-hmm. of the, the, the problems. And once they're made aware then they're like, okay, I mm-hmm. get it now. So it's a problem because it is a super PAC. I don't think people are even aware of that. It's not an organization or a group. Mm-hmm. There are more uh, there are other groups out there. They're not the only game in town, and people don't know that. Mm-hmm. They also are not the equal and opposite of Trump. It's not like, well, you know, I mean, it's not about Rick Wilson or Steve Schmidt. They are not the candidate. The campaigns yeah. are about the candidates. So there's a, you know, there's a, a slew of, of things out there. And we now know that, you know, there's a study that shows that they were they were ineffective. Um, and, um, you know, so there's just a lot out there and the problem is we need citizens United needs to be overturned, Mm -hmm. but most people thought that the problem with citizens United was the dark money. And I think what we've seen now at the Lincoln project is there's also a problem with people who have absolutely no controls on what they do with that money, no oversight. Mm -hmm. And they were making that same, they were making that same argument against Donald Trump and his super PAC and how Brad scale and all the money he yeah. was taking here, they were doing the same thing. So wow. the system needs to be cleaned up and people need to know that when they give money that they think is going um, to defeat Trump or to help another candidate, that it is in fact doing that. And yes, mm-hmm. these people should be paid to pay well, but this is ridiculous. Yeah. Um, 
And, um, you know, it's, it's been, I think, painful for a lot of people. They shoot the messenger, mm-hmm. <laughs> but, but everybody, when they really see what the numbers are, they do say, okay, I, I, I stand corrected. And I had one Democratic House candidate put, you know, tell me publicly on Twitter that, you know, he would be calling around people in his district. And, you know, money people, mm-hmm. the people you go and asking for money and they say, sorry, we're tapped out. We were on We give to the Lincoln Project. Oh and he God. couldn't raise money. So, oh, that makes me so angry because I've, you know, yeah. I mean, I, I never gave them anything. Any money I gave was straight to the candidate. So mm-hmm. uh, that's just so frustrating. And I've seen, you know, unfortunately. And when AOC said this to them, they basically said, oh, you're jealous. It's like, what? That's it. That's their response. Jealous. They beat up on her. Yeah. Wow. Because she was saying you took what you know we lost house seats. You took my. Yeah. They basically were hoovering up money. Yeah. That could have yeah that did no good for for yeah. Biden, and made a lot of people feel good. But as I as right. I was, you know, it also made people think. And I referenced this before. Now you've got armchair political scientists, yeah. political consultants on social media, uh-huh. who are so convinced that this is the way you do it. You pound away. You pound and you pound and you pound. You really get those guys. And that's and that's how you do it. It's not how you do it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that does nothing to uh, with persuadable voters. And who I'm not even sure were properly targeted. And now you've got all these people that are going to go out there in the midterms and thinking this is how you win campaigns. Yeah. Now, if you're a challenger going after an incumbent um, there are certain things where you want to draw a contrast. Mm-hmm. I particularly like the Midas Touch guys, the three brothers, mm-hmm. because they do a lot with humor mm-hmm. and a little bit of a lighter touch. Right. And so they're far more effective. In 1998, I wrote an ad. I was a Republican then. And um, I just left the RNC. I was doing some work with um, Tony Marsh at the time. And he was one of the firms that was on, on retainer for the RNC. They had like four or five firms. And they were tearing their hair out at the RNC because they wanted to go after Bill Clinton on the Monica Lewinsky thing. But their polling and their focus grouping was telling them that you have to be real careful with that. Mm-hmm. And so they're kind of back and forth. Should we have our firms draft up these, you know, these ads or not. And I'm thinking, okay, they're going to start changing their minds. And I know that if you're looking at soccer moms as your target group, which they were, I wrote an ad that, um, that, um, had two soccer moms there and the kids and the kids scamper off. It was called, what do you tell the kids? Hmm. And they asked each other, what do you tell the kids? I don't know. For seven months, he lied. I never mentioned Bill Clinton's name or Monica Lewinsky's name. Mm-hmm. And this was based on a conversation that I'd had with a friend at the time who had small children. How do you start explaining this to your children? So there it was as a Republican, knowing that you don't just go in there and pound away. Right. But it was it was a legit concern. And so the, the pundits on TV at that time said, well, that one hits because what happened was that one we, we sent in. The, each firm sent in their top three or four. And then they chose the top three to do st- still storyboard uh, on and then they they focus grouped it mind focus group through the roof so we got picked wow that ad got picked yeah what do you tell the kids and so i do know a little bit about this because mm-hmm. i wrote the most significant ad of that cycle in that year i'm right. old i was doing this stuff back <laughs> i was doing it in, 80, in the 80s uh and so i know that these guys know this as well in fact rick wilson i used to have come in and show ads at the class i taught at dw graduate school of political mm-hmm. management and talk about ads and why we came up with this and this is what we did for the client so he mm-hmm. knows this mm-hmm. so these guys as we know steve schmidt would sit around and talk about how he's building generational wealth mm-hmm. <laughs> And, you know, they could have easily each said, we're going to take a million mm-hmm. and um, and then the rest we're going to make with our reputation and trust, mm-hmm. you know, down the road. Yeah. Um, but instead they got greedy and yeah. then they started doing it. You also can't be so public like they were and then also do the typical 
sleazy, you know, kind of, you know, money laundering type, type of stuff that they do. Yeah, you know, the consultant kickback stuff that mm-hmm. the, that you do with super PACs, um, you know, while you're also out there as these media stars because that by the scrutiny and, and you know, the, the huge amount of amounts of money. And then when it became so obvious, and then I've heard of internal conversations before certain people left where they would be looking at Schmidt saying, my God, how much is enough? How much right. do you need? Right. That the greed, the greed was just so huge. Hmm. Um, so, but again, a lot of their, their followers don't know it and, mm-hmm. and they feel they don't want to admit that maybe they were duped, you know? Yeah. Well, the, there's a problem, especially with social media, especially because of Trump and all this stuff. You know, I, I keep going back to Amy Siskind who has blocked me on Twitter basically because I let her know she disappointed me when she went after two black women. I know Molly Jung fast at that time, this was probably in 2018 was calling her out. I stayed out of it. I watched this fight uh, where Amy Siskind was saying things about these two black activists and she was pissing a lot of people off. And I know there were camps and whatnot, but I messaged her privately and I said that it was disappointing. Her behavior was disappointing. So she had replied to me and we had a little back and forth in which I was under the impression that she was going to make right what she had made wrong and then uh before you know like then i start seeing on twitter people are retweeting her or they're doing something and i and i can't see it so i've noticed she blocked me and she's she's to me like i see all these democrats because she tells them what they want to hear and that's kind of like the lincoln project you know it's like they they said they they preached the choir and and i know that back in the day she was Pro, I guess when Obama was the nominee, she was uh, Amy Siskind latched on to McCain specifically because of Sarah Palin in the name of supporting women, and so it seems to me that her political uh, opinions are wherever the wind blows and what she thinks is going to get her popularity. And I mean, she says a lot of things that everybody goes rah rah rah, yes yes yes. And I mean, I saw I I, I did enjoy some of the the snarky tone that you would see from the Lincoln project. And, and, and I was hoping that maybe that would upset Trump and throw him off his game or whatever. Um, but, but yeah, I think we all Democrats really have to be careful because we get really excited. Like when someone says something we want to hear, we're like, yeah, yeah, let's send them money. We can't be like that. (laughs) No, we can't. And, and that's what I mean. There became, we have on Twitter, a lot of armchair political consultants Mm -hmm. and it's going to be hard to undo that. Uh, and, um, it's, it's, um, you know, political consultants sometimes are, are tempted. Some of the ad people are, are tempted to do those ads that are going to get them the mm-hmm. poly award, mm-hmm. which is like, you know, it's like the little awards that want that attention. Right. Uh, maybe that helps them when they're doing a presentation to a future client, but it's not the ads that work. Mm-hmm. And so there has to be a standard. I mean, James Carville, who's, mm-hmm. you know, obviously very smart. He's saying, Democrats need more of that. Great for Blinken Project. You hit and pound it. And I'm thinking, okay, yes and no. And James Carville always had a function on a campaign, but not the whole ball game. He right. might have been the guy that could do those attacks. Now, sometimes there's a way to do those attacks in a way that, that are undetected or mm-hmm. by mail, but it has to be a part of an overall Mm -hmm. strategy in Mm -hmm. terms of how you target. And here's the other thing. I don't believe that the Lincoln Project did any sort of message, uh, any any focus grouping or message testing at all, because they were just putting these things out. Mm -hmm. Boom, 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 just rolling them out. 
And that is extraordinarily irresponsible. Hmm. I would never, if I were running any kind of a campaign um, where you had certainly had the the resources to do that type of testing, mm-hmm. um, whether it's focus group testing. Remember, I referenced the, the ad that I did, how mm-hmm. they focus grouped it. And uh, and it just focus grouped through the roof with, with our demographic, our target demographic. So you don't fo- focus group it or base it on any kind of polling. And even if they're pumping out a lot of product in a short period of time, you can do it in groupings where you kind of know the messages right. are going to work. But because their client was... Um, the media and everybody on Twitter and sending them money instead of a candidate, mm-hmm. they got away with this. Wow. They got away with it. And I think, you know, George Conway is one of the guys saying, shut it down. Mm-hmm. You know, we know Tom right. Nichols, yeah. you know, a lot of people stepped out. They left in yeah. Cardella. They immediately cut ties with them. Yes. Uh, uh, George, I think, did it um, because he just doesn't want to be accountable <laughs> for any of it. Right. It's like, okay, they've done what they needed to do. Now let's all get out. Yeah. Um, but, uh, the fact that they're out there now, and I, I tweeted something about this somewhat cryptically, but I mean this for them and for other groups, uh, people still trying to gin up that outrage machine, yeah. uh, like about CPAC, uh, just to keep themselves going, just to keep the money train rolling along yes. for themselves. There is no reason for anybody to be focusing on anything about CPAC other than some of the most egregious things, the stage, for example, right. or the golden calf, but they yes. didn't even need to cover the Trump speech. He didn't make no. any news. No. Uh, and they, they should start sending one pool reporter and one camera to this stuff. And, and just, you know, if he makes news and as far as I'm concerned, the only news that can be made by a failed former president who lost the House, lost the Senate, lost the White House, lost the popular vote twice is, you know, under indictment. You're probably going to be under indictment. Uh, all uh, left office with with a 29 percent approval rating is if he's indicted, more investigations, strokes out, um, you know, something like that. Mm-hmm. Um, otherwise, there's just absolutely no reason right. for anybody uh, to be covering him. And the only reason they're doing it. Uh, the media is doing it for clicks mm-hmm. and ratings, just like that's how we got Trump in 2015 mm-hmm. and 2016. And these other groups are doing it because they want to continue the outrage mm-hmm. that you still keep sending them money. Right. And, um, you know, and like the Lincoln Project, their Lincoln LP TV, um, you know, I, I believe that was started, may still be funded by donor dollars, not by subscription. They may have some sub- subscriptions now, but that's not why donors gave them money mm-hmm. to do a preach to the choir. Right. TV. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So there's, yeah. But again, because people who now support them and think that they like being a part of the group, a part of yeah. the fraternity or whatever, right. they believe this, mm-hmm. they, they believe that it's all legit and they shouldn't. And believe it's hard for me to, to it was hard for me to start saying this stuff yes, about I'm guys sure. that I knew and had worked mm-hmm. with and liked until I started thinking, okay, they, this is, this is bad. And then the Weaver stuff comes out and right. you know, we know they knew there. And then the way that they talked to women, women were, mm-hmm. were girls and the boys mm-hmm. were wizards and just, mm-hmm. just all of the disgusting stuff that, that happens when you have an all boy group. And mm-hmm. that's why, you know, that's why, that's why women will flock to the Democratic Party and and the new Republican Party that they're trying to put together again is going to have a very important function. Mm-hmm. But again, it's they just want the old party back, the good parts of the old party, mm-hmm. which yeah. I can support. But I, I I can't really, you know, it's it's just it's all it's all men now. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I've just been doing that for so long and, and you know, I, I yeah. I, I worked hard um for for 
Joe Biden and Kamala Harris. And I have such tremendous respect for the women who ran that mm-hmm. effort mm-hmm. Uh, and the brilliance of, of people who put that together and the, the events surrounding it. You know, Stephanie Cutter is just, you know, I'm, I'm such a fan. And I used to be on TV against her hmm. and I was Republican. But I, I see these women who are, are there on merit and mm-hmm. how that just doesn't happen for Republicans. Well, and I don't yeah. see it happening anytime soon. Yeah, neither do I. Uh, the last thing I want to ask you, though, is just your opinion about Trump and the fact that the f- uh, f- uh, former president, the former Fren- French president, is now going to jail. Yeah. And so, you know, I've heard, and I can't remember who it was, but it was on MSNBC. It might have been Chris Hayes. And he had somebody on, and they were talking about how I can't see how a judge could sentence a former president, what do we do with Secret Service, uh, blah, 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 blah. So, you know, even if he's found guilty of whatever crimes, and he's going to be up for so many different ones, I know there's going to be, th- there's a possibility that he's going to face charges for insurrection by the D.C. guy. And then, I, you know, obviously there's so many money laundering things and tax, whatever is going to happen with his taxes. And they do say, that, you know, like the, the mobster dudes, when they go to jail, it's not because they killed somebody, it's because of the money. But I mean, right. how, how confident are you that uh, what's going to happen with him and like if he actually would see a prison cell? Well, first of all, I don't like it when people say, well, we would never do that to a former president. It's like, well, why not? We've never yeah. had, I mean, stop acting like like we can't like precedent hasn't been broken a right. million times over in the era exactly. of Trump. <laughs> that's that's the first thing. Um, and um it just it i know if it's in new york look i i uh trump has owned a lot of judges and a lot of a mm-hmm. lot of officials in new york so if it's in new york you know i don't know mm-hmm. uh you know he can be charged with stuff and then you know mm-hmm. get off um you know the juries uh, mm-hmm. who knows mm-hmm. you know he knows how to he knows how to do this yes but the constant barrage of it um, right you know is is it now if he keeps if there's the constant barrage where he keeps slipping through the net um i don't know hmm. i don't know but there has to be enough out there one thing that the worst thing we can do is not try mm-hmm. you know by by the house not impeaching trump over uh the 10 counts of obstruction of justice in the Mueller report mm-hmm. uh that was i think a huge mistake mm-hmm. because he he kept going and going and going and then when you know when they when when Bill Barr says basically he's exonerated when he's not, uh-huh. people believe that, right. and that's how you get the whole oh Russian hoax thing. Mm-hmm. And so you know we've um, we we keep thinking that if we slap him on the wrist or he'll learn his lesson, you know, to quote Susan Collins, right. and he hasn't. So um, you have to let let the law work the way it's supposed to. Um, look, he, he lost in 60 courtrooms when he tried to claim <laughs> yes. fraud, but his own lawyers aren't going to stand there and lie in front of a judge and claim that they have evidence of fraud when there wasn't. So, yeah. and I, I think that that did kind of sink in or it will, mm-hmm. um, if people are truly educated on it, but the, you know, the media has to stop just doing a, he said, she said, they can't yeah. just get both sides. They have to actually do some, some solid reporting. Mm-hmm. And I, I don't, you know, do we have confidence? that they will no No. but if they focus on these scandals and every lawsuit the civil lawsuits and if he's is indicted and his kids and did they did that instead of focusing on you know the stupidest thing that he said at cpac or Mm -hmm. what somebody else said at Mm -hmm. at cpac uh we might we know we might get somewhere Interesting. Well, here's hoping. Here is hoping because, I mean, I'm going to continue to feel a little nervous 
understanding that our you know democracy I, I, I just never forget Kamala Harris saying that democracy is not a given it's something that we always have to work towards and I try to avoid I, I, I'm not always going to avoid it but I'm going to try to avoid using the word fight because I feel like we're, we're just all fighting all the time and I'm not going to stop being who I am or saying who I am, but I think that there's a good emphasis on working towards something. You know, it's like, I think yes. there's a positive thing coming from that. And, and she's absolutely right. We all have to continue to work to have a thriving democracy. And so, you know, I'm, I, I hope, I just hope, I, I know that there's some good, there's some really good anchors out there and journalists, but in the overall picture, I a hundred percent agree with you. And, um, I mean, I feel somewhat hopeful listening to to what you're saying because, uh, you know, I am the Debbie Downer. I totally am. I'm just like, oh, my God, white supremacy. Oh, my God. You know, is Trump ever Well, you're pay? a realist. Yeah, <laughs> I am. But and I, and I get nervous because I, you know, and I, I bring it back to because I lived in Russia and I saw Soviet rule. I understand that it can happen where a lot of people in America never saw anything like that. They have no idea what it's like and therefore they don't believe that it's possible. And so I think it wouldn't take very long. I mean, if, if we had the right or uh, the wrong person in, I mean, we had the wrong person in for four years and we saw what happened. If he would have stayed for, a, you know, the, uh, the second term, that would have just been the endless term, whether it would have well, been you, him or someone what else. What you just said about... <clears throat> People thinking it can't help happen here. They saw it happen on January 6th, and yes. that's why when he left office, he left office with, again, one poll, 29% right. approval rating. True. Once they know it can happen here and saw it happening here, it does change the numbers. It does, it does, it does. Well, I just want to say thank you so much for coming on the show. It's always a joy talking to you. You're so smart, and I just love listening to you, so thank you. <laughs> thank you so much. <laughs> uh, so why don't you tell everybody where they can find you? Well, you can find me on Twitter at Sherry Jacobus, and I have my own uh, little podcast thing, too, yes, that do. I have um, that is uh, Politics with Sherry Jacobus on Lipson, iTunes, uh, Google Podcasts, and uh, what's the other one? Spotify. So um, we do that every now and then. Very cool. Very, very cool. And that's it. Yeah. Awesome. Okay. Well, you can find me, too, at author Kimberly, K-I-M-B-E-R-L-E-Y, and that's on Twitter. You can find me on Amazon. I have four books out, Peyton's Choice and The Virgin Diaries. Check them out. I love reviews. We all love reviews. Don't forget, if you listen to Sherry's show, um, go on iTunes and give her a favorable review because we all need them. But thank you again, Sherry. Thank you. Take care.